Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that proves when speaking with a British accent doesn't always make you sound smarter. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's the Pipes Magazine radio show, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining, international sensation dedicated to all of us in the pipe smoking hobby. I'm your host, Brian Levine, and it's Thursday night at 8 p.m. Must be time for another show. So, on this episode, time for heavy cleaning in pipe parts. I'll go through my routine for the every three or four months cleaning that I do to my pipes. My guest, Bill Roberts, goes by the pen name E. Roberts, does a handful of reviews for us on PipesMagazine.com. going to talk to him about reviewing tobacco. That's coming up. Music, we're going back in time, going back to Lalo Schifrin again. Got a mailbag. I'll, uh, in the mailbag, I'll talk a little bit about the Raleigh Pipe Show. Raleigh Pipe Show brings me to thinking, hey, this is uh, three weekends in a row where I've been out of town for one day or the entire time. So two weekends ago, I was in Williamsburg and then uh, Martinsville for the race. That was all fun. Last weekend, the Raleigh Pipe Show. This upcoming weekend, Sunday afternoon, I hop on an airplane and go off to Las Vegas. Have no fear, I'll be back just in time on uh, Thursday afternoon for the show next week. So don't worry about that, but I'm getting tired. I want a little uh, weekend R&R, and then I'm home Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm at home getting caught up on stuff, and then the following Wednesday after that, off to Chicago. And don't worry, we won't miss a show in Chicago either. At the end of the show, I want to recap everybody on the JDRF fundraisers and all the great stuff that we've done, all thanks to you Keep posting those positive comments on iTunes. I believe we're up over 55. We appreciate that. That helps the show get found. Share the word about the show with your friends. Follow me on Facebook. All right, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Thank you to smokingpipes.com. Here we go. There's nothing quite like working in my shop. Or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Hey, this is Pipe Dave Gallerell, and you're listening to Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Welcome back. Uh, did I mention there's a new pipe babe posted up on pipesmagazine.com? So check out Katie. All right, in. In pipe parts, I want to talk about my quarterly or every four months or so heavy cleaning process. Now, remember, I am the leading expert on my opinion, and this is it. So every time after I smoke a pipe, I go through the process with the pipe cleaner and the Everclear, and I keep them kind of cleaned out. Now, about every three to four months, depending on how heavily I've smoked and depending on what the rotation looks like, I do what I call a heavier cleaning. I take all the pipes, I sit down on the floor in front of the TV, put on a movie, put on whatever I want to watch, something for three, four hours. 
I take each one of the pipes. They're already fairly clean sitting in the rack, but I will take a bag of bristle cleaners and my Everclear and start using bristle cleaners in and out of the shank and in and out of the shank. I'll go in and out of the shank with the bristle cleaners until I start to see where it's just coming out a light brown. In and out of the shank, in and out of the stem with them, get them as clean as possible with the bristle cleaners. If I need to, if I feel the need to, I have some shank brushes. And I'll use the shank brushes on just the shank side of the pipe because the shank brushes tend not to get through some of the stems as easily. But just to get the draft hole inside the shank, I'll use the shank brushes. Do not dip the shank brushes into the Everclear. And the reason I say that is because the shank brushes are going to get dirty. It'll mix into the Everclear and then you've pretty much blown your entire bottle of Everclear or rubbing alcohol, whatever you're using to clean with. So if the pipe is really dirty, I'll hit, I'll get the pipe cleaner, dip it in there, run it in and out, run it in and out, dip the back end of the pipe cleaner, run it in and out. And if I can feel that it's really dirty, now it's nice and wet inside. That's when I'll use the shank brush to get in there and clean it out real well. I will also at that point spend a lot of time working on the mortise hole between the back of the tenon and the front of the mortise hole in a lot of pipes there's a gap in there or there's a very little gap. Whatever that gap is I'll use the pipe cleaners to get it nice and wet in there and then I'll use fluffy pipe cleaners bent in half to get in there and twist around and get all that stuff out of there. Get that buildup out of there because that's the only spot that on a regular basis I really don't get in and clean. And with most pipes there is anywhere from an eighth of an inch to a very small minute space in there where you do get a buildup. That buildup can get really bitter. It can cause gurgling and bubbling. So you want to get that clean. The other spot that I'm really careful with is getting in with a soft pipe cleaner, maybe with a bristle, and cleaning all the way through the slot of the stem. Both sides, left and right, get it in there real good, clean it out. Then I'll let the pipe sit down for a little bit and dry out. Hit it again with a pipe cleaner, with a fluffy, to see if I get anything out. But again, I want to get them as clean as possible at this point. So I'm using the bristle cleaners, and I might use 6, 8, 10, depending on the pipe, until I get to where the bristle pipe cleaner is coming out just a light brown. Inside the bowl, I absolutely hate reamers. I despise them. They're dangerous. You can do more damage than you can good if you don't know what you're doing. I went out and bought some 200 or 400 grit really fine sandpaper and I'll tear off little pieces and just use my fingertips to go around inside the pipe and try to smooth down any little spots. Now when I smoke a pipe on a regular basis I get what I call the speed bump. The speed bump's usually a quarter of an inch down on the inside of the bowl from the top and that's a buildup from when I'm lighting the pipe. That area tends to build up cake faster. That little speed bump irritates me and it stops the, uh, the tamper from pushing down effectively. So I'll get in there with my finger and with a, with a very light buffing emery board or with some 400, you know, really fine grit sandpaper, 
I'll get in there and smooth that spot down and just work it softly. I don't use a reamer. Reamers and stuff like that should only be used by professionals that have practiced a lot. If you're worried about hurting your own pipes, again, buy some uh, buy some practice pipes. Go online to one of the auction sites, buy a bunch of grandpa's old pipes or whatever they are, get them, bring them home, practice what technique works for you when it comes time to doing reaming or cleaning. The final thing that I do, and that's because I've got a buffing wheel at both at work and at home, is I'll do a light buffing on the stems, but I am really careful about not buffing too hard, not working around the logos or anything like that. And I'm also really particular about not putting wax on my stems. I'll try to get the stem as clean as possible without using a lot of pressure and without pushing real hard or using a lot of compound because I don't want to change the shape of the stem. And again, I'm not a real professional. All I'm doing is just trying to do a surface cleaning to it. If you've got some buildup of of tar or blackening on the rim of the bowl up on the top, simply use some warm water and a very soft toothbrush to clean that off. Don't hit that on the buffing wheel at all. You're just going to do more damage. You're going to knock it out of round. You really need to know what you're doing or practice on some of these practice pipes to learn how to clean the rim off. The rim is really cosmetic, so it doesn't affect the smoking of it. But if you're like I am and you want to keep your pipes as clean as possible, a little soft, a uh, little warm water and some uh, and a soft toothbrush. Uh, warm water and soft toothbrush is also the only way to clean a sandblast pipe. So if you've got some buildup or some junk on a sandblast or rusticated pipe on the exterior of the bowl, warm water and a toothbrush. Dry it off with a with a soft dry cloth. Let that toothbrush do the work, and again, you're just going softly, and you're doing it for repetition. All right, I do that about every three to four months. Sometimes I will notice that the pipes, when I get them back again, and when I get to smoking them, it might take a bowl or two to get them broken back in, I want to say, maybe. But it does work for me. It keeps my pipes really clean, keeps them smoking well, and it's a good thing to do while you're sitting down watching a movie or uh, watching something on TV. Anyway, it's important to me. I do it. Give it a try. Got any questions, post them on the forum. So let's get right to uh, Bill Roberts in just a minute. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog in the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> in fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to SmokingPipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. <laughs> This is Internet Radio. Please join me in welcoming to the Pipes Magazine radio show, 
PipesMagazine.com tobacco reviewer, contributor, pipe smoker, Bill Roberts. Bill, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, Brian. Now, I know you're from the New York area, uh, born and raised? Yes, yes, actually. I've uh, done a lot of traveling uh, all up and down the East Coast, uh, seen most of the country. Uh, most recently, I lived a couple years in India, uh, working in Bollywood, bumming around, being an indolent expat. Ooh, th- that must have been interesting. Uh, oh, it was interesting. <laughs> any pipe shops there? You know, it, it was pretty much impossible to find uh, good pipe tobacco in India, but uh, I was a cigarette smoker there, and that was pretty cheap. So, Gold Flakes and uh, the H.O. Wills Company are big there. So when did you start smoking a pipe? Uh, it was actually, it's easy to remember. It was, uh, my 21st birthday in, uh, 1995. My, uh, my girlfriend gifted me a pipe, a Sassini Rough Root. Uh, it just kind of took off from there. Now, you, you did mention cigarettes. Um, was the pipe an occasional thing in between the cigarettes, or was it an attempt to stop, or? Uh, that was, uh, supplemental let's say back then it was a uh, it's been kind of an off and on uh, occasional thing for most of that time uh and like i said when i was in india it was impossible to find uh pipe tobacco there it's just not a pipe smoking culture uh but when i moved back to the states a couple of years ago i was just kind of tired of cigarettes i, I wasn't smoking for enjoyment anymore and, and i hadn't been for a long time uh, so I kind of rediscovered the pipe and just had a eureka moment uh, about how great it was, the the taste, the flavor, the ritual, uh, and the just the whole different mode of smoking uh, for enjoyment rather than for uh, a dosage. Uh, and when you, when you started off with that Sassini, do you remember what tobacco you started with? Uh, I do, actually. We went to uh, a local shop and picked out some of their, you know, bulk blends in a jar. Uh, there was a, a whiskey Cavendish and a lighter Burley, uh, like a plain Burley mixture, uh, probably one Q or half and half or somewhere in that area. Uh, and uh, I actually got into smoking straight Perique. A lot. Uh, when I was living in New Orleans, um, the shop had a, uh, it was in Metairie, the shop. It may have been a tinderbox, my memory yeah. fails me. Um, had a straight freak out on the counter, and uh, I, you know, smelled it and just thought it was the most pungent, great smell I'd ever encountered, and told the guy I wanted some of that. He said, well, you know, that, that's a blending tobacco. I said, no, it isn't. <laughs> It's, uh, it's going in my pipe. And uh, so I, I guess out of sheer ignorance, I discovered one of the great loves of my pipe-smoking uh, menu. Now let, let's dive right into that right now, because I love Perique. Most of the blends that I smoke have Perique in them. Have you found different types of qualities of Periques? Oh, absolutely. Uh, when I was uh, really educating myself the last couple of years about tobacco, 
uh, I realized that what I used to smoke isn't around anymore. Uh, there were a lot of changes, which uh, Pipes Magazine, actually, and Kevin Godby covered fantastically in their uh, uh, interviews with the Percy Martin Farms and the, the Primer on Farique uh, that they have, and learning that it was uh, for consistency and to kind of stretch the product because it had gone through a low point in production uh, that a lot of it is called Acadian Farique now, uh, where it's mixed with uh, Carolina Green River Burley. Uh, so there are still some jars of uh, old Percy Martin that you can get on the Internet that are quite good. They're uh, Jewel of St. James. I have a few of those tucked away. And uh, the Daughters and Ryan blends are great for uh, that straight, uh, unadulterated St. James Perique. Now you got my mouth watering. <laughs> so let's talk about you get back into pipes. Uh-huh. What tobaccos were you playing around with? Do you smoke one style of tobacco besides straight Perique, or have you? Uh, yeah, I, I don't always smoke straight Perique. That's uh, more of an occasional thing for me. But uh, I do kind of go through periods of uh, going into a genre, and I'll stick with it for a while, and uh, kind of have flights of the genre lined up. Uh, I'll get into burly blends, so I've been smoking a lot of half-and-half half lately. Uh, some of um, Russellette's uh, classic burly cake, uh, some Sir Walter Raleigh, uh, different kinds of things. Some, uh, one of my favorites is McBaron's London Burley Blend. Uh, just a wonderful stuff, and I'll be doing a review of that uh, coming soon, uh, comparing classic tins uh, versus new production tins. And how are you getting a hold of the classic, the older versions? Uh, I'm, I'm addicted to eBay. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of different outlets now, which is great. Uh, there's Pipe Stud. And just talking to people, um, I met a guy who ran a shop that was going out of business in Maryland, and I got a line on a bunch of old McCraney tins. They're out there if you really seek them. Uh, there's a wonderful highly addictive world of vintage tobaccos to be found. I always tell the story of the day that my taste buds were ruined when I sampled at a pipe show. A guy had a 25, 30-year-old tin of McConnell's Red Virginia. Mm, sounds good. And he was nice enough to share it with me. What I didn't know was he was actually the devil in disguise, and not everything has <laughs> measured up to that since... Uh, last summer at our New York Pipe Club annual picnic, I shared with the guys a tin of circa 1960 uh, Escudo, Copes Escudo, that uh, it looked like it just came off the shelf. And it was, I think the most common word tossed around that day was that it was transcendent. I, I, you know, imagine a bunch of old grizzly pipe club members kind of sitting stupefied in their chairs with, with beatific glazes on their faces uh, smoking this Escudo. It was, a, it was really a great moment. Now, you've mentioned the Pipe Club. Uh, how often does the club get together? Uh, the second Tuesday of every month. And lately we've been meeting at a bar downtown called Circa Tobacco. And I really want to give them uh, a lot of credit and, and thanks for hosting us. 
They've been very accommodating to us uh, since we uh, segued from our last location. Uh, because as you know, with the draconian laws in New York, it's becoming uh, increasingly difficult to find a place to enjoy yourself in any form, not just smoking, but smoking is one of the hardest hit. Do they let you smoke inside? They do. They're uh, grandfathered in, as, and they really are one of the last uh, bars where you can light up. Uh, they cater to cigar and, and cigarette smokers, but uh, of course pipe smokers are welcome, and there are quite a few regular pipe smokers there. And when you're with the pipe club meetings, is it open to anybody? So if I happen to be in Manhattan, I can swing by? Uh, we always welcome people coming in. Uh, we, we want to let it be known that there's an open call for uh, anyone who's swinging by. We have a lot of people who uh, travel on business a lot and try to make meetings when they can. Uh, several people from the pipesmagazine.com forums. Um, Al is a, a frequent visitor, and um, we've had a new member, Alan, who uh, has rediscovered his love of the pipe. He's an older gentleman, and uh, he's. It, it was kind of funny to me because I, I'm a young guy, speaking to a fellow much my senior and and i'm kind of more uh more of his elder in the pipe smoking world uh so we we traded a lot of stories back and forth at the last meeting it was uh, a good time it is amazing how we all become in in some way we become mentor master or we but the minute all the pipes get come out we all become equals and we're sharing all of our opinions uh, we're all kids in the candy store we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to talk about tobacco reviewing because it's something that I absolutely despise doing. But You've said that before, yes. But Bill's really good at it. We'll be back in just a minute. Need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We are back. Bill is uh, hanging out with us here. Bill, talk to me about your pipe reviews. You've done three of them for PipesMagazine.com. You've got a couple more coming up. Tell me, when, you, when you're sitting down to do a review, uh, what, what's the first thing you do with the tobacco? Uh, I actually do kind of have a, a very consistent protocol with how I approach tobaccos that I'm going to review. I uh, really inspect them. I, uh, you know, when I pop the tin, I've, I've already put myself in a place that's free of distraction and uh, with a clear palate and no other uh, pressing issue in front of me other than to just sit and experience this tobacco. And I just, you know, remind myself, pay attention. That's really all you need to do. Pay attention and be in the moment. And uh, What do you do to clean your palate? Uh, I 
brush my teeth and uh, you know mouth rinse and drink water uh, for a good half hour before. And usually I'll sit in front of the computer, clear out all my emails, pull up a, a you know my word processing program or uh, my notebook. I, I actually prefer to make initial tasting notes uh, longhand in a notebook and uh, just just clear everything out. Maybe throw some music on and uh, do you have make sure that that's my that's all I'm doing right then. Do you have one pipe with you, or do you have different sizes, different shapes? Uh, I I think I've gotten to a fair enough point of experience to um, have a fair idea of what kind of pipe, meaning more specifically what kind of chamber uh, shape and diameter and draft uh, is going to let a blend really express itself. Uh, with anything that I'm reviewing for for publication, I make it a solid point to I have uh, two clay pipes, two meerschaums, and then far too many briars to smoke that blend in as many different uh, uh, and neutral environments as I can. And then when I shift to briar, uh, I've I've gotten a really clear sense of what will make all the best parts of this blend come out, whether it be kind of a conical chamber, uh, a wide open, uh, broad chamber, a fluted chamber, a deep chamber, a shallow chamber. Uh, there are so many different variations that really have uh, sometimes subtle or sometimes uh, uh, profound effects on how you can taste a tobacco that uh, I, I really try to parse that out as I'm looking at a blend. Uh, not mathematically, but I, I'm, I'm very anal about this. I, uh, I approach it with a, a somewhat obsessive uh, demeanor, and I, I hope that comes through a little bit in my writing. When you're doing the, uh, when you're prepping your pipes, do you do anything particular to them before you before you start the taste test? Uh, before I smoke, no, because I'm also equally obsessive, compulsive about uh, cleaning them after I smoke. I keep a startlingly thin cake on all my pipes. Uh, my clays are, are clean. They're, they're brown and dirty, but they're clean. Uh, my meerschaums are well-colored, but they're clean. And uh, my cobs my cobs look like uh, the dog just threw them up, but... They still smoke great. Now, how much how much of a blend will you smoke before you've determined you're ready to you're ready to start formulating a thought? Ooh, a lot. Uh, some of the reviews I've done, uh, I've smoked several tins of before I start collecting all those notes. But and any any tobacco that I think that I'm going to review, or if uh, if Kevin shoots me an email and says, hey, we have a tobacco, would you like to review it? I'll make it a point to take tasting notes from the very first bowl through subsequent bowls, at least two ounces, I, I, at least one tin of anything, uh, generally a lot more. And uh, I smoke a lot, which is uh, a lot of fun, and I have that luxury. 
So, uh, the one that comes to mind is I, I did a jackknife ready rubbed review, and I'd been a big fan of uh, Pease's jackknife plug, mm-hmm. and I had just picked up uh, a few tins from my own cellar, and then got asked to review that because it was uh, uh, new. Oh, I probably smoked four tins for that review. So you're you're sitting down with this the four tins. That's over a period of a month where you're consistently taking notes and thinking about the flavors and what you're picking out? Yeah, yeah. I definitely try to approach it at different times of the day, after meals, before meals. You know, you kind of have to, because taste uh, biochemically is so dependent upon our other senses and our own body chemistry, uh, you really can't get a sense of, how something tastes from one taste. You can taste something and it'll feel fantastic, but maybe a week later it won't. And maybe if you do that several times, nine times out of ten it doesn't. Then, you know, maybe you just had an outlier experience with one tasting. Whereas if you taste it repeatedly and it it still is great, then you might have your hands on something worth looking at. Have you ever had a blend where you really had to manipulate it? I mean, like dry it down or break it up or shred it or cut it to cut it finer to really get it to work? Uh, I don't generally do a lot of that unless it's a plug, uh, which is really left to your own preparation. Uh, For the boutique blenders, they really take a lot of time and effort deciding how to present that tobacco to you. I know Russ Oulette loses sleep over how to present some leaf that he's found and that he wants to put in a blend. So I generally take uh, boutique-type blends at face value and really don't feel that much needs to be done to them. Uh, plugs, uh, I'll try to you know, explore how, you know, all the different ways to smoke them, whether to cube it or slice it or just rub it out or try to uh, make some flakes. Um, but yeah, no, for the most part, I, I, I like to take them as they come. And then even other blends, OTC blends or uh, tub blends or bulk blends, I just smoke them like they are. And when you're doing a comparison of a old blend, of a vintage blend versus a new one, uh, how are you, are you calculating in the difference in the years? Or are you trying to estimate, will the new one age to that flavor as well? Yeah, that can be, I try to, but that can be kind of a black hole uh, sometimes or just a brick wall at other times. Um, With the recent Dorisco mixture review, it definitely was the same tobacco, the same blend. Uh, Obviously, the ingredients changed uh, because all blenders have to do that with a, you know, an agricultural crop varies. Uh, But they, I think they did a remarkable job of, keeping the same flavor profile, which you'll find with wines. Uh, But other blends, um, uh, I'll I'll let out a little teaser that I'm reviewing some McBaron blends in the near future, uh, like Roll Cake and Burley London, that uh, vary possibly widely uh, in their constituent ingredients. And sometimes you, you just don't know. People went a little nuts when the Dunhill production changed uh, from the Murray's factory, uh, from 
pre-Marie's and then to Marie's and then after that to the Orlea factories, uh, there were a lot of changes. And uh, I'm, I'm learning that you will see that a lot because uh, sometimes brand names are respected more than recipes in the industry. So what we see at the end at the end result on your review, which may be you know, two pages of writing, is an awful lot of effort and a little bit of money thrown in there too. Uh, it's enough to make me feel like I'm doing work. I I, I really I feel so proud that uh, uh, Kevin came to me and said, "I have respect for your palate. Would you like to write for my magazine?" And I was able to say, you know, I have a lot of respect for your magazine because you helped me uh, not just get back into pipe smoking, but really discover the world of possibilities within it um, so that it's a mutual exchange. Uh, it's, it's, it's pennies on the hour, but that's not really what it's about. It's, it's about pushing myself to explore something I love and trying to share it with uh, you know, other pipe smokers, people who will understand our madness. <laughs> and with that, we'll get into the maddening fast five final questions. Short answer, no right or wrong answers. Are you ready? Okay. What's your favorite pipe? Uh, I have a Paolo Becker collection. Uh, I guess it's a bull moose. It's a little nose warmer. It's just the best pipe ever. What's your favorite tobacco? I would have to say a Scudo that's older than me. It uh, takes on uh, an ethereal quality that uh, it, it's really absurd. And your favorite drink? Uh, tea, Earl Grey, hot. Your favorite place to smoke your pipe? Uh, probably in my office uh, while I'm writing. And that answers your favorite thing to do while writing, or while smoking a pipe. Uh, yeah, probably writing for PipesMagazine.com. Bill, with that, I'll say thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your reviews. Make sure and check out all the uh, all the tobacco reviews on PipesMagazine.com. And I hope to see you uh, soon at a pipe show or maybe up in New York at the pipe club meeting. You too, Brian. It would uh, be great to have you come by and anyone else who wants to come by. Uh, definitely. Second Tuesday of the month, Circa Tobacco. It, it's on Watts Street near the uh, Holland Tunnel. And with that, we'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at smokingpipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. We'll be back to the show in just a moment, but now, 
random thoughts or what the f*** is he thinking? If smartphones are so smart, how come they come with a user's manual that we have to figure out how to use the phone? Why can't it just do what we want it to? See, I told you. And now, back to our show. Welcome back. All right. Bill writes under the name E. Roberts on uh, PipesMagazine.com. Does great reviews. Check them all out. Check out all the great reviews on PipesMagazine.com. So for music this week, we're going back to Lalo Schifrin, my uh, former customer at the Dunhill store in Beverly Hills. Great composer. Did a lot of uh, movie and soundtrack work, but his real love was jazz. This one is Lalo's Bossa Nova. Lots of positive comments on uh, the visit with Giacomo. Giacomo, I wish you all the best as you return back to Italy to further your studies. Yes, Avenelli, a great uh, factory of artisans. Brew Shooter, yes, you can touch the pipes. You can touch them, just ask first. Uh, Lord of the Pipe Rings, you got a lifetime pass for the train, so hop on board any time. I uh, heard from Adolfo in Argentina, Santa Fe City in Argentina. Glad to hear from you. Listen, if you're listening, let me know where you're listening from. Any city and state, love to hear where everybody is. In Belgium, apparently uh, waffles and chocolate are not the only secret. 
Take a look on uh, the front page of PipesMagazine.com. You'll see the link to the New York Times article on Semwa Tobacco and the review that uh, was done on PipesMagazine.com of the rare, only available in Belgium, Semwa Tobacco. So they must have some secrets there. May have to get over there and find out what it's all about. I want to cover everything that's happened with the JDRF auctions. Thank you to everybody that bid. Thank you to the donations that we received. We received four, raised $496 off of the four items auctioned, an additional $260 just in cash donations. Way exceeded what I thought we would raise. Really, really appreciate everybody that's participated. Still not too late. The walk is this Saturday morning. We can uh, take donations all the way up until Saturday. So just hit the link on one of the older radio shows. You'll go right to my daughter's walk page. Every little bit certainly helps. So last Saturday, I was at the Raleigh Pipe Show, the Triangle Area Pipe Smokers Show. Always been one of my favorite smaller shows. It is a one-day show. For me, it's an easy drive up the night before and then hop up early set up and tear down on back home for dinner. I really like what I really like most about this show is that the club itself gets out and supports it. Saw a lot of folks from the Richmond Pipe Club also come down for the day and wander around, but even more important than that, lots of younger college guys, college guys bringing their girlfriends out, walking the show, asking questions, talking to people, picking up pipes, looking at them. Lots of tobaccos to be sampled. I believe I saw four tables full of tobaccos open and sampled. The Raleigh Pipe Show, you can't smoke in the room, but you can. There are park benches and and a covered awning right out in front, so a lot of the action was out there. I was kind of stuck inside most of the time at my table, so I missed out on a lot of the fun going on at the tables with the guys smoking and talking to each other. But just a great mix of all kinds of ages of people. Traffic was good all day long. Real easy to get in and out of. And the club does a nice little thing. They provide uh, hot dogs and drinks for the uh, vendors there. So we didn't have to go anywhere. And they were pouring coffee all day. Really good show. Had a great time. Look forward to it next year. Hopefully I don't have some uh, family commitment that some for some reason always seems to conflict with Raleigh. So, all right. Coming up on the end of the show, so we'll be back in just a minute. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Tonight I am saddened. I'm saddened by the events of the past week. I feel for everybody who's dealing with some of these tragic events that have taken place here in the States. There's also been some tragedies around the world in the past couple of weeks. 
The reason I mention this now is because two weeks ago, I asked any Pipe Club members that wanted to to private message me where they meet and when they meet, and I would mention their Pipe Clubs and you know kind of promote people to come out to and join their Pipe Clubs. I got one message in particular from a member, B.R. Davidson, B-R-D-A-V-I-D-S-O-N. They meet in a city called Oshawa. It's about an hour east of Toronto, Ontario in Canada. And he's reluctant to give out the details of the location due to the smoking laws up in Ontario. He states that they have a loophole that they don't exactly want to draw attention to. However, anybody that wants to join the club or meet, find out when the meetings are, happens to be in the Oshawa area in Ontario, contact him on PipesMagazine.com. Again, the member name is B.R. Davidson. But I'm saddened by the events of the past week or so. I'm also saddened by the fact that we as pipe smokers can't gather in places in public and talk about and join in a brethrenship and gather together in for fear of persecution or for fear of violating a law. Is that really the worst thing that can happen on this world? No, I think the events of the past week here in the United States have pointed out to many people that there are many worse things to do than to sit back, relax, and smoke a pipe. I'd ask us all this week to uh, sit back, relax, smoke a pipe, think of those that are having a uh, harder time than we are. Think about the American spirit and how everybody ran in to help each other out. With that, I want to say once again, please make sure and post comments about the show on the forums. Post them right there on the the show link itself. Thank you to our 14,000 plus weekly regular listeners. Thank you to SmokingPipes.com. And on a much happier note, I want to say a special message to our own Gregory Pease. Greg, this song is uh, just for you and your special day tomorrow. birthday you old fart and for the rest of you until next time the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather happy trails to you till we 